Hello and welcome into episode 62 of the Just Talk Pod with George Arjur, part of the Sports on Tap Network. Today, we're talking about the top 5 and top 10 players in the NBA. We're also talking about Jerry Jones' D-Day, college football, and Stephen A. Smith. As always, this episode is brought to you by the Sports on Tap. That's www.thesportsontap.com. Go listen to me and my brother's podcast as well. The That Being Said podcast with George and Sammy Jarjour. Just type in Sports on Tap on your favorite platform and you'll find us. Now, I said this earlier in the episode, but I would love this for all of you to do this as much as you can. If you listen to this episode, if you listen to any one of my episodes, all I ask of you is to send this, just take the link, you click copy link on your um, favorite player, and send it to three people by text message. The more people you tell about this show, the better this show gets. And the more people we get on the show, we'll start having cooler guests. So I think you could do your part. And go rate the show. Just go on iTunes as well. Give it five stars. We really appreciate you all listening. The more you spread the word, the better this show gets, as I said earlier. And I can't do this without you guys. You guys are my fans. You guys are the ones who listen. You guys are the ones who move the needle. And I think each and every one of you, every, and I mean that. I, I know a lot of people say, I, I think everyone who listens to this show. If you even write an email, tweet at me, I'll read it on the show as well, just because I really do appreciate everyone and I really appreciate everyone who listens. So I just wanted to give that little bit of information before the show starts. As I said, I'm trying to do this more often, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. This is going to be live. Most shows will be live from now on unless I have a guest that doesn't want to be live. That's the only time we don't go live. So um, if you follow me on Twitter at Gijarjur, you'll see this episode go live at the time of the recording. I'm going to try to come up with a consistent recording schedule. Probably going to be Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays, and I don't know what time yet. Might be earlier in the day, might be later in the day, just depending on the circumstances. All right. So enjoy today's episode. But before we get started, as always, we have a word from one of our sponsors. Yay! Hello and welcome into today's show. This is the Just Talk Pod with George Arjour, as always, part of the Sports On Tap Network, the Internet's pub, where we're doing really fun things. We're growing quite a bit. You guys got to give us a follow on all social media platforms just as we get this show on the road. If you're listening to the podcast and not live, this podcast is recorded live on Periscope. You could see me at G. Arjour on uh, where I put it up, or you can just go to the Just Talk Pod on periscope where it's also up this show is going to be jam-packed today um like i said earlier in the week we're going to be doing this show three two to three times a week we're going to be talking about all the current events in sports we're going to take a maybe couple weeks off on interviews as we're going through the nba playoffs and finding out what college football and the nfl are doing and then after that we'll be back we'll be doing shows live we're going to be doing um uh doing some interviews live even going to be going for some big guns. So be excited for that. So today, just to give you a little rundown of what this show is going to be about, it's going to be about 25 to 30 minutes long, going to be a lot of fun. As always, I say, we're going to go through some Twitter comments. And uh, if you have any questions, you can ask live and I will answer live on the show. 
So we're going to do this. We're going to talk about Damian Lillard's performance last night, Devin Booker's performance, and we're going to talk about the top five players in the NBA and the top 10 players in the NBA and how, where Damian Lillard stands on that. He might be the most clutch player in the league. I don't think he's the top five player in the league. We're going to talk about Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> Stephen A., man, he said that you need some conjugal visits in the NBA bubble. Tell you why I don't think his idea is that crazy. Jerry Jones said we should be having fans in um, at Dallas Cowboy games this season. <sighs> kind of sounds far fetched, but uh, we'll talk about that. And college football is it happening? Is it not happening? People's reactions to it. College football is really interesting here because they're not paid athletes, they're amateurs, supposedly. And people want them to play anyway. I don't know if it's going to happen. We're going to, we'll, we'll get to that here shortly. But let's start off with Damian Lillard. So everyone saw the game last night, right? I mean, Damian Lillard just went off. The guy's been absolutely splendid, right? The guy's been shooting well, scoring points. I think in his last two games, he's averaging 56 points per game to single handedly put the, the uh, Blazers into the, to a at least play-in game. I know there's a way they don't make it. It's a four-way tie right now. But all systems are pointing to Damian Lillard and the Portland Trailblazers making it into that at least play-in game. And maybe if they win that play-in round, play-in series, they'd play the Los Angeles Lakers would be in a whole lot of trouble. And I'll tell you why later in the show. Playing the Portland Trailblazers it might be one of the best eight seeds in history of an NBA. You know, if they were all healthy all year, they'd probably be a four seed, a five seed. Um, they'd be right up there with Denver, Houston, Utah, not battling for an eight or ninth seed. But they weren't healthy all year. And you, as we saw, Nurkic has been an absolute stud. He's really changed the way this team is playing. He's changed the way this team has performed the whole, since he's came back. But here, I want to talk a little bit about Damian Lillard. 61 points yesterday. He said, put some respect on his name. I think the whole league has. I think a lot of players, um, fans, everyone loves Damian Lillard. I think everyone respects Damian Lillard. But I've been seeing a lot on Twitter, and I talked about this on the last episode, that you know Damian Lillard is a top five player in the league. Damian Lillard's better than Steph Curry. We didn't say this last year after Kawhi won the Raptors. That he's all oh, he's better than LeBron now, just because LeBron had a bad year. Nor should we say this about Steph Curry. Now that Steph Curry is injured, Steph Curry is out. Doesn't mean Damian Lillard is now better than Steph Curry. Now Damian Lillard has been putting up outstanding numbers. And I see a comment from Emily Austin. She's been on this podcast before. She's awesome. Give, give her a follow. It's Emily R. Austin on Twitter. She's great. Um, and go listen to the podcast me and her recorded together here on the Just Talk pod. She's fantastic. So say hi back to you, Emily. Now, Damian Lillard has been fantastic. Damian Lillard could be the most clutch player in the whole entire NBA. I don't know who's more clutch than Damian Lillard. But if we're going to talk about who are the top five players in the NBA, Damian Lillard doesn't make that list. I'm, I'm here to tell you three of the five best players in the league are not playing right now. That's right. Three of the five players in the NBA, two, sorry, two out of the five best players in the NBA are not playing this season. 
My top five players in no particular order are LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, Kevin Durant, Giannis, and Steph Curry. Durant has been out all year. Curry has played, I think, five games the whole entire season due to injuries. When Durant and Curry are back next year, they'll both still, in my opinion, be top five players. The next five top five players in no particular order are James Harden, Luka Doncic, Anthony Davis, Nikolas Jokic, and Damian Lillard. Those are the top 10 players in the NBA. And Damian Lillard is not better than Anthony Davis. Damian Lillard is not better than Luka, Harden, Giannis, Curry, Durant, Kawhi, or LeBron James. He's probably better than Jokic. Damian Lillard, at best, is the ninth best player in the NBA. And that doesn't take anything away from what he's doing right now. What Damian Lillard is doing right now has been fantastic. What Damian Lillard has been doing since this restart, he's been the MVP of the restart. But I don't think it's fair for us to say, hey, Damian Lillard is better than Steph Curry. Hey, Damian Lillard is better than Kevin Durant. Because I know everyone who's watching right now, the NBA, and loves what Dame is doing, including myself, because I think Dame's been amazing. Don't think he's better than LeBron. Don't think he's better than Kawhi. And don't think he's better than Giannis. And probably don't think he's better than Harden, Luka, or Anthony Davis. So once you add Kawhi Leonard, I'm sorry, Kevin Durant and Steph Curry back to that mix, I think Damian Lillard is a top nine player in the NBA versus being, or a top 10 player in the NBA versus being a top 10 player in the NBA. And there's nothing wrong with that. Damian Lillard's fantastic. Damian Lillard is one of my favorite players in the league. Damian Lillard is a great basketball player. He's been a lot of fun to watch, to say the least, man. I cannot be enjoying what's going on with Damian Lillard and the Blazers more than I'm enjoying right now. Damian Lillard is like amazing, right? I mean, this is not the thing is a lot of times here in sports is you'll say something like this, like I'm saying right now. You'll say, I think Damian Lillard is the ninth best basketball player in the NBA. And then you go on Twitter and you post. I think Damian Lillard is the ninth or 10th best player in the NBA. You type it out, right? And then all of a sudden, you get all these comments that you're a hater. There's no hate in being the ninth best anything in the world. He's great. People say, I hate James Harden. I have James Harden as the sixth or seventh best basketball player in the world. I love Luka Doncic. This year, I probably have James Harden over Luka Doncic. Now, maybe down the line, will I have... um, James Harden above, or Luka Doncic above James Harden? Yeah, maybe, but right now, that's no, it's no hate. I don't enjoy James Harden. I don't think he's the fifth best player in the league, but I definitely think James Harden is a top five, six, seven player in the league, probably seventh in my opinion, six, depending on where you put him. So I just want to stress that, that it's not hate if you say, you think Damian Lillard's a top 10 player and also say, I love what Damian Lillard is doing right now. I love what the Blazers are doing right now. And I think it's fantastic because it really is. It's amazing. So I just want to recap that one last time for everyone who I believe are the top 10 players in the NBA. So I was saying earlier in the podcast, I don't think Damian Lillard is a top five player in the NBA. I believe that Damian Lillard might be the most clutch player in the NBA. What he did last night was Kobe Bryant-esque. But I don't think he's a top five player in the NBA if everyone's healthy. I think LeBron's better than him, Kawhi, Giannis, and they're all playing right now. And I think Durant and Curry are better than Damian Lillard. After that, you have probably James Harden's better than Damian Lillard. Luka Doncic is better than Damian Lillard. Anthony Davis is better than Damian Lillard. 
And then you, it's a toss-up between him and Jokic. Damian Lillard, to me, is just the ninth or 10th best player in the NBA, and there's nothing wrong with that, and that is my top 10 players. I, and if you disagree, I'm going to make this into a little clip. If you disagree with it, let me know. Because there's nothing wrong with being the 10th best player in the league. So today, Stephen A. Smith, Stephen A., man, was talking about getting conjugal visits. And I always pronounce that word wrong. If you guys listen to this podcast enough, and if you're listening right now, I have an exercise for you. Go share this podcast with three people. Like literally, go to the iTunes link, Spotify link, wherever you're listening, click copy link and send it to three people and say, hey, I like this guy, George. I want you to listen to this guy, George. If you tweet at George, he'll put you on the podcast. If you put a live comment while he's recording on Periscope, George will answer. Love doing it. Also, go listen to me and my brother's podcast, the That Being Said podcast. But the thing here I want to, to say with Stephen A saying there needs to be conjugal visits is I know a lot of people are making a joke out of it. I know a lot of people are like, oh, my God, I can't believe Stephen A said that. What he said wasn't wrong. <laughs> I mean, let's be real. These are grown men in a bubble. And if they have a girlfriend, wife, hopefully not a side piece, unless it's like a fling, but I just don't think, you know, cheating is bad. I think that it'd be great if they can have conjugal visits, as long as they're tested, right? We don't want any COVID outbreaks into the bubble. But what would be wrong with... I'm not going to name any player names so it doesn't get twisted the wrong way here. But let's say a player wanted his girlfriend to come and he needed to, you know, get that relaxing session. People need to look out for these guys. What would be wrong if these players had their wife, girlfriend, significant other come into the bubble, take a COVID-19 test, and stay with them in a hotel room for a night? two nights, and leave. As long as they're not leaving the bubble, as long as they're not bringing anything into the bubble, as long as they're being tested, let the players live. I think it'd make the players happier. I think it'd make the players better at, and more relaxed, and I think it'd just be better for the league. Now, I haven't heard this being discussed too much. Since there is no conjugal visits into the NBA bubble, I wonder if the players and the feistiness and the nastiness is because of it. Is it because of a lack of sex? I'm not joking. Maybe Stephen A. That's right. Bring in the conjugal visits. We saw Giannis headbutt a guy yesterday. We've seen players uh, being chippy. We saw feuds between Damian Lillard and Paul George. We've seen more technical fouls. We've seen more anger. That Mavericks game yesterday was, was absolutely tense. Maybe if there was conjugal visits, maybe if there was some stress relief, relief in the bubble, these guys wouldn't be fighting each other as much and the game would be cleaner. I'm just saying. It's more entertaining, though, when the players are tense and like this. But maybe the conjugal visits would help that out. You never know. So I thought Stephen A. Smith was spot on, man. You got to give these guys some conjugal visits. As always, we're going to go through some of our favorite tweets about this topic. So as we said, um, Stephen A. Smith went ahead and said there needs to be conjugal visits in the bubble. So we compiled. I think only we only got four tweets on this one. Nothing wrong with getting only four tweets. 
Uh, we'll get more and more. And I'm going to try to come on this show live more right at the same time around 4 p.m. Pacific time, uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. It's not going to work all the time. But I'm, that's where I'm going to try to be at. I might change it for the playoffs. All right. So uh, Ron, Rummel Ron on Twitter said, maybe Stephen A. Smith should be the smoke spokesman for the military as well. They could use some of his compassion in times of war and conflict. Maybe both sides would, ha- could, would have a timeout. Great point. Jails have conjugal visits. Why not the NBA or the military? Kel Boogie, the level up on Twitter, said, Stephen A is advocating for players to get some cheeks is hilarious. Actually, it is hilarious, right? Um, I think it's crazy that some that he actually advocated it on ESPN, which seems to be one of those places where I almost feel like they don't like this type of stuff being said on their network. So for them to actually let him say it on the network, I think is absolutely hilarious. The blessed one, Vince the Man 17 on Twitter says, Max Kellerman. So Stephen A, you saying these NBA players deserve to have one female guest come whenever wherever their wife or girlfriend, whomever, so they can get their rocks off and keep their minds together in these in these bubble games. Stevens A, yes. And I agree with them. It's kind of what I've been saying all along. I thought it was a great tweet. And Rising Red Storm Ben Rothenberger said, Stephen A. Smith isn't wrong. It's not death row or prison, but may boost confidence, etc. Just do testing before entering the bubble. And that's where I agree completely. I think if they just let people come in, test, get about their business, I think everything would be okay. And I think most people would agree with that. Our next topic of conversation today is Jerry Jones. So today online, I don't know what kind of program or in an interview, Jerry Jones said that he believes that the Dallas Cowboys will have actual fans in their, isn't that crazy, fans in their stadium watching the Dallas Cowboys live and in person. I have to say this because like I feel like I've been, I feel like we've been shut down for so long now and it's only been five months that like the whole concept of fans seems absolutely crazy. But he thinks that we should have fans in the stadium. And he's not the only one who thinks this. The University of Austin, Texas also sent a letter to season ticket holders saying that they want to have 50% capacity at their home games this year. Uh, The Cincinnati Reds have already been approved by the city of Cincinnati and the ballpark to have fans in attendance by the end of his Major League Baseball season. Now, now it's up to Major League Baseball to approve or disapprove that, but they have approved it. Not too far down the road from Cincinnati, about three, four hours down, the Kentucky Derby announced today that they will have fans, just not on the infield, but in the grandstands, up to 23,000 fans in attendance at the Kentucky Derby. Now, of course... Everyone is freaking out on Jerry Jones saying this, and they're like, oh, man, it's going to be a COVID outbreak. Like everyone on Twitter, everyone on Facebook, everyone on Reddit, everyone on Instagram is an epidemiologist now, is an expert on the way that coronavirus spreads. And it probably doesn't – I don't know if it spreads that way. And I'm not saying that I agree with Jerry Jones in – putting fans in the stadium at Dallas Cowboy games. It might be a horrible idea. It might be the stupidest idea in history of 
COVID, right? It could be horrible, but I just don't know. And I think it's hilarious that you get on the internet and you read a couple articles and you have a couple ideas and it seems like for some reason one political party thinks this way and the other political party doesn't. And in general, it's just like, it's literally getting really frustrating because you got literally all the Democrats think it's a horrible idea and all the Republicans think it's a good idea. And in general, I have no damn idea if they should have people in the stands or not. If I, if I was to guess personally, I'd say, no, it's not a good idea to have fans in the stands. Like I'm not nuts, but do we really know? Do we, I mean, I have no idea. But Jerry Jones thinks it's a good idea because Jerry's world has a really good air conditioning system. Now, that's where I thought it was funny. He's like, oh, we have a good air conditioning system that will filter out the bad air and bring in the good air. Like, it's really like, I'm like, all right, Jerry, this is not that this is probably not the way you got to look at it. But that's not the reason why we should have fans in the stadium, Jerry. But the reason we could have fans in the stadium is maybe. Instead of having 70,000 fans, we have 10,000 fans and every row has four people in it and they're separated by a row in between and it's really socially distanced. I don't know what he was thinking about that, but Jerry Jones and the NFL in general have always been big risk takers and it's really paid off for them. We might see a global pandemic for the first time in, I mean, the history of the NFL where things are shut down. And the NFL might find a way to make more money this year during a global pandemic than than lose money during a regular season, right? I mean, it's an absolutely amazing way for the NFL to change the way they're doing things and be nimble, right? And if college football, which we'll get to in a second, if college football decides they want to cancel the season and there'll be no college football. All of a sudden the NFL might be really looking at doing staggering some games to a Wednesday game, a Thursday game, a Friday night game, a Saturday game, a Sunday game, and a Monday game, and really only taking Tuesday off. Maybe just Tuesday and Wednesday. Maybe they won't play any Wednesday games and maybe only having Tuesday and Wednesday off, but having football and NFL football on TV, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday night. Just think of that. The NFL's always been groundbreaking on things. And if Jerry Jones really thinks that he can have fans inside the stadium, I know other owners have said no, and I don't know if the NFL would actually let it happen because that'd be a real home field advantage if the Cowboys went and played the Redskins in front of no fans, but when the Redskins came and played the Cowboy, they had fans. But just think of the NFL's risk-taking and the NFL paying off on risk. They wanted them to cancel the draft. They had the highest draft ratings in NFL history. The NFL might find a way to make more money during a global pandemic than they do in a regular season, especially if college football cancels. Like I said, could you imagine, one more time, football in the NFL on Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, or even just Thursday through Monday? The NFL might win again, and they take big risks. And that's what you got to love about the NFL. They're big risk takers, and it seems like it pays off for them more times than not. And I see a comment from Stone 
DJA, who just says hi on, on Periscope. Look, I try to answer as many comments as possible, and I appreciate you putting up that comment. Hi. Please just put up a comment. I will listen to every comment. I'll answer you. You got any questions about the topic I'm talking about? I, I do it at the end of every segment. I go through all my uh, all the tweets I have selected for the show, and then I'll answer the comments on Periscope. So go right ahead if you got anything. I'm here. I'm all ears. I'm always listening, man. And those for those listening on the podcast, at Gijarjur on my Twitter, you just go there and I'll answer there. Bradford Pearson on Twitter says, Tarrant County, where the Cowboys play, had more coronavirus cases this week than 25 states. And that's where it gets scary, right? I mean, we see the numbers going up. We see all this. And you got someone like like Jerry Jones, who thinks we should play football and have fans in the stadium. Not saying I think he's wrong. It's just one of those things where, you know, this is the opposite view of things. Kenny Booyak, Kwick Warren on Twitter says, it's way past time for Jerry Jones to retire, sell my Dallas Pops Cowboys, and go count his billions of dollars. I don't know why you want him to sell the Cowboys. I, I think Jerry Jones has made the Cowboys into what they are today. I know he has, they haven't won in the Super Bowl in a while, but he's a big spender. You are always relevant. You're always a fun team to watch. You're always on prime time. The brand is getting bigger. You have the best stadium in the world. The team has has a good quarterback, a good running back. He pays his best players other than Dak, but Dak might get paid down the line if he proves to be good. So, I mean, I don't know why Cowboy fans do not like Jerry Jones sometimes. I think he's been an excellent owner. He's a big risk taker. I can see why he could be off-putting to a lot of people, but he is not to me. Um, we got top conservative cat tea party cat says NFL owner, Jerry Jones, quote unquote, the Dallas Cowboys plan on infecting all our players, employees, and yes, even our fans with coronavirus. And if the fans don't come to the stadium, we'll send infected employees to their home. He's joking around, but that one made me laugh. And I thought it was definitely worth, um, listening to uh, putting that out there. Jay Relling on Twitter says, Jerry Jones believes that the Cowboys will play all games and seasons in front of fans. Did the thing about Herman Cain dying not make the news where Jerry is? Herman Cain did die. And I believe COVID, this is not like anything against COVID-19 or anything like that. But Herman Cain had stage three or stage four cancer and the virus you know, he had the virus as well. But I think the stage four cancer may have killed him more than the than coronavirus, but he did have both. Brandon Perna on Twitter says, Jerry Jones does not mind sharing his football stadium with coronavirus as long as the virus stands for the national anthem. Today, he said he wasn't going to give his plans on what he wants to do with the national anthem to his players as well. So Jerry Jones has been all over the news today. I put up these tweets because I thought they were funny, witty, and good. And I, I feel like sometimes when you put out a really good tweet, I want to share it with the world. Uh, Charles Robinson on Twitter said, Chiefs, Cowboys, Patriots, they're all working on a pod system of attendance. And I've been told it's a system that appears to have the most attraction across the league for teams that hope to include fan attendance. And that sounds like something out of a sci-fi movie, pod attendance. E80 Hawaii says, how do you feel on, this is on Periscope, live comment. Thank you for the comment. If you're listening still, how do you feel about Jerry Jones' response about extending grace. You know, 
I do not know his response about extending grace, to be completely honest with you. So I'm going to go on Twitter right now and see if I can get uh, anything about that. And if, if you want to send me an email with more information or just a DM on Twitter and in the next podcast, I would love to cover that because I don't know exactly what you mean by extending grace. I would love to give a comment on that, but I try not to give comments on things I have no idea about. So I don't did not get his comments about extending grace. All right, on to college football as our last segment of the day. So yesterday, college football, the Big 12 decided it wants to play. World swirling around, the ACC seems like it wants to play. The SEC wants to play. Meanwhile, the Pac-12, where my favorite school and favorite team, the University of Washington, resides, decided to cancel all of sports until 2021, not just football. That includes football, non-conference basketball, um, I think fall would be women's women's soccer as well. Done till 2021. The Big Ten canceled all fall sports till 2021. Now, there is a lot, a lot, a lot to talk about here. And that's because college football is such a big moneymaker for all these universities. College football is a big moneymaker for a lot of small communities. College football is a sort of ritual of passage for a lot of families. You bring, you know, a lot of families get together due to college football, alumni, grandma, grandpa went to the school, mom and dad went to the school, kids go to the school, and they get together Saturday for tailgating, watching the game, and seeing their favorite football team play. A lot of these schools might not be doing that this year. I believe that college football in all will be canceled by the, by, by the time it starts. I don't think we'll see college football. Personally, I hope I'm wrong because I love college football. I love sports. Everyone who knows me knows this. I just try to give my best prediction, even if it's a prediction I don't want to see, right? Like if my favorite team, let's say the Seattle Seahawks are playing against, or even my Washington Huskies, went and played Alabama football a few years ago in the college football playoff. I picked the Alabama to win the game. Who was I rooting for? The University of Washington. Now, just because I predict something doesn't mean I want it to happen. So I don't think college football happens this year at all. But right now we have the SEC, Big 12, and ACC seemingly like they're ready to push on and play. There's still about 20, 25 days, maybe a little bit more till conference play starts. So you might even have a little more over a month. So a lot could change over a month's time. But a couple of things I found interesting were like Nebraska says they want to play despite despite the Big Ten not playing. Ohio State wants to play despite the Big Ten not wanting to play. Does that mean Ohio State could go play in the SEC or the Big 12? Does that mean Nebraska can go back to the Big 12 and play football? I'm not quite sure. And how about college football in general gets canceled? Can Nick Saban technically have a year off? Could he be go be a special consultant for the New England Patriots? Could he be a special consultant for my Seattle Seahawks? Could he could he go and do something else for six months and consult and get a Super Bowl ring? I don't know. I don't know what the fallout is. I just don't personally think college football is going to happen because of liability issues more than anything else. Um, 
I don't think you can make the players sign waivers of if something happens, you can't sue the university or the conference or the NCAA because they're not paid employees. So I think college football is on its last legs right now. I hope I'm wrong. If you're listening to this podcast and I am wrong, like email me and tweet me and tell me I'm an idiot because I hope I am. I hope I'm completely wrong. And a couple months from now, I'm talking about college football. That's what I want to be talking about. So that's my thoughts on that. I'm going to go through a couple fun tweets on college football. And then we're going to call it a show and try to come back on Friday. I think by Friday, we will actually know who the playing games are going to be and have a good idea of everything else in the NBA. So Andrew M. Lind on Twitter says, it's interesting how some people in college athletics suddenly care about the potential long-term health impact of playing a high-contact sport like football. Now, that is interesting if you actually think about it, because in general, I feel like a lot of university officials will send these guys out, concussion protocols, doesn't really matter. And then all of a sudden now with COVID-19, I the people are worried about the long-term effects. And I think that's because we don't know the long-term effects, right? We don't know if that means you're going to have an enlarged heart, scars, tissue. I, no one really knows what it is. So when you don't know the potential long-term health impact, it's a lot scarier than knowing that potential long-term impact and just, you know, chugging along. Um, Jane McMenis, Jane Sports on Twitter says, any spring football or NCAA basketball likely depends on who wins the election in November. The current administration is uninterested in mitigating the coronavirus through federal policy, and that's what is keeping all college sports from playing. I try not to get too political here, but I have to disagree quite a bit here because... It's really hard to implement a federal policy, right? We've seen states like California, who's demo- who's a democratic state, who thinks um, who thinks a lot differently than a state like Texas or Florida or Alabama or Georgia, and they're also having a rise in coronavirus cases. So I don't think like if you if you told me right now, do you think California is uninterested in mitigating the coronavirus? Because they put in policies in place, but they haven't been able to mitigate it because we don't know enough. And that's why I have to disagree with you. Bill Haggerty on Twitter says, college football is essential. Retweet if you agree. We want to hashtag we want to play. Uh, I don't know if I would call it an essential business, but in some way it is for a lot of towns because without college football, I don't know how these towns actually survive. I don't know how these towns actually go about and restaurants stay afloat. I don't know how colleges stay afloat with the amount of money that college football brings. So I think in a way it could be deemed essential. It really sucks though that we're at this point. Boney Fuller on Twitter says scripture of a day. And this is a BYU account. And I think this is hilarious. A fan took his fandom into the North country and there wasted his substance with ritualist living. And there arose a mighty pandemic in the land and he began to be in one for college football, and he came to himself and returned home. I just thought it was a very, very, very well thought out and very funny tweet. So I got to give you props on that. And then this one is going to be my favorite part of today's show. This is going to go a little longer. But if you remember earlier on in the pandemic, uh, not too long ago, actually, but maybe a month or so ago, Lou Holtz said we were going to play college football because we played college football and we stormed the speeches of Normandy and D-Day, blah, 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 blah. 
and Paul Professor Professor Paul Post, and he's a real professor at the University of Chicago International Relations, um, put up a really cool and really cool um, thread about the difference of playing college football and the D-Day invasion. And I like literally very well thought out. So let's let's go through this a little bit. And this will be on the website because I put all my the tweets that I uh, liked from the show for the show onto the website so you can read all this first let's acknowledge this is him first let's acknowledge some similarities such as both involved the 18 to 22 year old men though the average u.s soldier during world war ii was in his late 20s both involved planning d-day and college football both involved wearing helmets and both can cause concussions those are that's pretty much it on the similarities now for the differences where to begin D-Day happened because USA, Britain, and Canada opened a second front to remove fascism from Europe. College football happened because America didn't want to play rugby. (laughs) This guy is great. D-Day. Timing of it was tough, and to go up into the last moment finally happened on a Tuesday. College football. Games play every Saturday, sometimes Thursdays or Friday or Tuesday or Wednesday. D-Day. The event was kept secret to catch Nazis of Germany by surprise. College football was announced in advance. D-Day, event location prepared by continuous aerial bombing. College football, event location prepared by mowing the lawn and line painting. D-Day, troops arrived by ocean and had to depart in water over their heads. College football, players arrive by bus and depart by walking off the bus. D-Day, event take place on beaches where enemies positioned on high ground. College football, event takes place on a flat field of opponents. D-Day, enemy fires high-powered machine guns. College football, opponent tries to tackle you. D-Day, troops under constant gunfire as they make it to shore. College football, players under constant booze cheers as they enter the field. D-Day, in this parentheses, in case this point wasn't clear, guns are used. College football, guns are not used. D-Day, bringing equipment to the beach was logistical feat requiring, for example, creation of floating docks. College football bringing equipment to the field requires carts. D-Day. So many soldiers died that there is now a U.S. cemetery at Normandy. College football injuries are common, but life-threatening injuries are thankfully rare. He could probably go on, but the point he was trying to make, he said, was college football is a great sport, but no one should compare it to a war. The end. And that's where I'm going to leave today's podcast. As much as we love college football, as much as we love sports, it's not war. They're very important to our economy. They're very important to me. They're very important to you listening. I love sports. I love watching sports. I love talking about sports. That's why I work in sports. To compare it to D-Day, it's like too much. This has been the Just Talk Pod with George Arjour, part of the Sports on Tap Network. You can find everything at thesportsontap.com. Please rate, subscribe, and review this podcast. Send it to three friends. I will say, send this podcast to three friends. It would really help me out. And thank you for listening. This is the Just Talk Pod with George Urshore, part of the Sports on Tap Network, and this is Sports Radio Redefined. Thank you for listening. Oh, thank you.